Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring, and motivating life changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion, and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to the Prosperity Project. Welcome to episode 56 of the Prosperity Project. Today we're actually going to be talking about an email that we received the other day and I you, thought it would be an excellent topic starter. You do like receiving an email, don't you? I know, you? I actually did a video on the Mama Furfer channel as well recently that was somebody's email has sparked a conversation. So if you fancy a financial plan, I know you like the money topics on the podcast, go and check out my channel. But anyway, I digress. This email said, Hi Jennifer and Matt. And actually, before we kick off, if people want to send us an email, where do they go? They go to at, um, the Prosperity Project at mamafurfur.com. So your email could be read out next time. So anyway, back to the email. It said, hi, Jennifer and Matt. I'd like to thank you for your wisdom, insight and guidance on all things related to prosperity. I've only recently found the podcast and have binge listen, listened for a couple of weeks. been really enjoying the YouTube videos as well. I have two young children and one of my goals is to set them on a healthy financial journey. I'm wondering whether you would think about a podcast or video on this. Particularly interested to talk about finances with children, how to start good habits and also ways of investing for children that will benefit them when they're older. Thanks again. So I thought it was a great topic. So we're calling this what we teach our children about money and prosperity. And to be honest, I'm going to have a disclaimer at the start, just because we do some of these things and obviously we're going to touch upon some of the ideals, some of the mindsets that you might want to pass on. We are still learning just the same as all parents out there. We're not, you know, parent gods or gurus. We're just making it up as we go along just like you are. So um, I just want to touch upon today to answer that email. What are some of the things that we are selectively making sure that our two boys hear and witness around money? So I think in this area, for me, it's actually quite a really simple answer. And obviously, mm. we're going to go into various bits of detail and various thoughts. Yes, yeah. But I think with children, mm. when you're teaching them anything, it's not do as I say, it's do as I do. Oh, absolutely. Copy Because yeah. they will emulate and copy and I guess they'll just mirror the kind of people that you are as parents, yes. the messages that they see, the things that you do. Um, remember that our memories and things are often shaped by emotional responses. Yes. So if we see people around us having emotional responses to things, that normally triggers us. Mm -hmm. And therefore that triggers our framework of what we think is right. So telling your kids, hey, you should be saving a bit of money or mm -hmm. you should do this or that with money. If you don't do it yourself, if you're not practicing those behaviors and demonstrating that mindset yes. that you want them to have, if you can't do it yourself, then it's very difficult to teach your children. Because mm. ultimately, if you're trying to tell someone to do something and you don't do it yourself, exactly. then people yep. just won't believe that that's the right thing to do. Because if it was right, why aren't you doing it? Mm. So I think that really kind of sums up everything yeah. entirely like yeah. if you if there's one takeaway it's do what you want your children to do mm. i if, would say that this this episode is actually like what is the best wisdom you'd want somebody you love 
to carry forward about money. And it was interesting when I, obviously I teach about money and prosperity every day and every week. That's that's my jam. That's what I love to do, right? I love to discuss money, mainly because money triggers people. And we've said this a couple of times, it really can polarize people in terms of what they think is the best structure for how you manage your money, what investments to make, how to even, how much you spend and how much you save and should you be frugal and all that. And when I was researching this topic so we have two boys we've got a boy who's eight we've also got a four-year-old Matt's got other children as well but we don't have an an active management and their daily finances as such Mm -hmm. we don't micromanage what they do with their money but a lot of websites when I was having a look at specifically for children talked about just children understanding the concept of pocket money and I thought that's such a a finite way to view it right okay you get given so much money and then I'll teach you how to balance it money is such a huge topic it's just a resource and actually there's so much more than just simply managing exactly what you get given there's a whole kind of structure to using it as the best resource in your life so I'll kick off let's go on a very you know daily basis so our two boys kind of get pocket money um the tooth fairy also makes an appearance right randomly and, and inflation's crazy <laughs> it's definitely more than when i lost teeth that's for well, sure well I, I think it's your fault i think that once <laughs> so i think the going rate that we chose mm. for nathan's first couple of teeth was about two pounds a tooth so i don't <laughs> know fair. if that's fair or not but then we didn't have any coins in the house no, the tooth fairy also asked our opinion, don't you mean about this? <laughs> sure. And then because of all we had was a £5 note. We gave it to the tooth fairy the to tooth, give to Nathan. The, the tooth fairy then supplied £5. Now, to me, that's crazy. <laughs> like I, I used to think that 50p was a lot. But then again, exactly, that was yeah. back in the olden days. But five pounds seems to be excessive so mm. if you want to send us an email about your thoughts on that or whatever <laughs> exactly. then, then go what's ahead. the going rate for teeth in your house what is it some adults might be knocking out their teeth at that so that's the first thing so pocket money we don't have a regular weekly pocket money our oldest nathan he wanted to do a chore list though and earn some money so let me give you some backstory i taught both of our boys about the concept of compound interest very early on it's one of the things I actually sat Nathan down our oldest and I went through a compound interest calculator I don't think he's got a full grasp of it but he understands that your money grows yes if you put it over time and so I showed him because he he's in primary three which is your year two down south in in England um so he's eight It, it showed him that actually if you portion off you can spend money. So we believe in spending, saving, investing and giving with our children. And so I showed him that if you save a little bit in a particular type of account, an investment account, giving it to other people, he could then have money for his first car or for his first home. And he really latched upon that, didn't he? Sam, our youngest, didn't have a... <laughs> it's just a concept to him. He's quite okay. He just copies what Nathan does. Yes. But actually, that's the thing. Goes back to my first point about emulation of what they see around mm-hmm. them. So... When we give the children money, especially when they receive maybe more than a couple of pounds, if they Mm. maybe get 20 pounds, you'll ask them what they want to do. Yes. And pretty much whatever Nathan chooses to do, Sam will (laughs) then follow. So the wonderful thing is you get that knock-on effect of whatever example you're setting Mm. that all of your children are likely to follow a similar stream. Unless somebody's got something in their mind that they particularly want to buy right now. 
for the most part, if one's doing something, then the younger ones are likely to follow in those footsteps. So whatever lessons you've embedded, whatever education, whatever practices will actually flow on throughout yeah. the children. And so when they do, so Nathan wants to get a little bit of pocket money helping me around the house doing some chores, which is fine. And then, you know, people will give gifts. But every time they do get a, a, a little bit of money, you know, the tooth fairy or whatever, I'll say to Nathan in particular and Sam, you know, what do you want to do with it? And actually nine times out of 10 with Nathan, our oldest, he'll say, I want to put it in my savings. It means he's invest. So we've got junior investment ISIS for our two. And I'll cover some of these practical things as a parent. But he automatically thinks about, right, okay, do I need it? Do I want anything right now? No, I'll save it. And I like that. And I also really love the fact that they see physical money. This is another thing that I think is so important. Give them real money in notes regularly. Allow them to go into shops and see the value of things, see the ticket price and be aware of, well, if you want that thing, not all see I'm not a fan of every single thing they have they must save up for themselves I think as a parent it's your you know responsibility and to have fun as well and to say right well you can't have that I'll get you that but when we go home your pocket money's covering some I think there's a balance it's very well, personal I, I think here. that if it's always children have got to pay for their own things then that's creating a money mindset and habit anyway like mm. oh you don't have enough there's not enough available when right, it's not right, possible see, yep. so there's there's always a balance with it i think for the children for the most part they look to um, largely put their money away investing. Yes. But that's because they've often got anywhere between 20 and 50 pounds in their pocket money. I know, they do just. really well. I don't but remember having that amount of money. <laughs> very recently, they both spent quite a large amount from that yes. on various things yep. they wanted. So my expectation is they'll probably want to build that back up. It's almost like if you have enough in your pocket mm. for anything that you'd like immediately or in the short term or what you'd routinely spend, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then as long as you have that, then anything over and above, they almost have this mindset, Nathan more so, that, well, I don't need that. Yep, yep. If I've got 40 or 50 pounds, then that's going to cover pretty much anything I want at any point. Mm -hmm. And if I do need to spend that, then more money will come to top that back up. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I don't need and lots that's a, of that's money a at hand. really critical thing. So uh, we're lots of tangents in this, but stay with us. A thing that I love to do with all of you, like Matt and I will do this really quite regularly. I do it with myself in my journals. I even say to our boys, I give them the spending challenge. I've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast. It's one of the most life-changing experiences you can do with money and it makes money fun again give yourself a random amount of money and tell me how you're going to spend it because Matt and I are very firmly in the camp of money that you are that you desire should have a purpose so we just don't want to grow our money and our investments for the sake of a big pile of cash you know that's pointless like what are you going to do with it we always give direction to our money and it always happens that the world makes it happen quicker so I say to the boys right okay here pretend you've got a thousand pounds boom how are you going to spend it and actually again more often than not our Nathan our oldest will say I'll give it to people who don't have enough you know he'll always say yeah, he I'll give it to poor, on, like, homeless he, yeah, poor people he yep. thinks about I've got enough that's a large amount of money I'm going to give it to someone else sometimes you'll have something in his mind that he might like but then after that it's like well I've got nowhere else for it to go exactly and, and the interesting thing about that actually is if you do that challenge yourself whether it's for you or with your children don't set a crazy amount like a Euro mm. Millions win or anything <laughs> like that give yourself like if you're a grown-up 
give yourself 10,000, 20,000. Mm, like, yep, don't go like, a good amount, but not out of the realms of like possibility of what you could save up over the course of a couple of years or whatever it happens to be. And for children, yeah, make it a couple of hundred or thousand pounds and just think about it. Keeping it realistic, I think, mm. means that the exercise works a lot better. Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. the problem is, if you were to base it on 50 million, you can't itemize that and spend it properly. It becomes kind of very woolly dreams. You know, I'd get this house and this car yes, and everything. Yeah. But how much is actually the house and a stamp duty? Like you wouldn't calculate that because at that kind of level, who cares? Mm -hmm. Whereas at 10,000 pounds, it still matters as to whether the car you buy, let's say you wanted to buy a cheaper car, it matters whether it's 5,000 or 7,000 pounds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you want your kitchen done, well, it matters as to what utilities you're putting in there as to whether it actually comes in that price. So by setting 10, 20,000, something like that, you've still got to be quite precise mm. on what your mental spending, giving, whatever it happens to be is. Absolutely. So the key things for us are always the boys handle real money. I think that's really hugely important. I also think it's important for them to go into a shop from quite young on with physical money and exchange, you know, handle coins and different things. I really love giving them that money challenge. I love to see what their little brains are thinking. It humbles me. It makes me go, well, wait a minute. If they're thinking about this amount of money they would give to others <gasps> you know what's stopping me from doing that that well, they don't have be... bills to pay to be fair <laughs> no but they're going to that purest sense of thinking about money and this is the real hope i would want for anyone any family situation i'd want money never to be the source of any frustration heartache or pain in anyone's house so that's the reason that we do this podcast it's the reason we give up time to talk about prosperity and, th and, and you know good things in life because my hope is that it's never unhappiness in your life by something that i believe you can change in a heartbeat and i always talk about you know the exact money is not the root of all evil it's the love of money that is the root of all evil that's the actual scripture and what that means is if you know a knife let's for example say a knife could be used for an operation a knife could be used to hurt someone a knife could be used to make a dinner so it's the same object used in different ways so same with money money is not the cause of the problem is how we are treating the money that is then the ripple effect. So going to some very practical things, the first thing I would say is as a person who loves to talk about money and challenge stereotypes with it, create a money strategy for yourself and then make it something that you would be confident to teach your children in as well. This is the first thing. And for Matt and I, we very quickly developed a money strategy over the past couple of years, which is any money that comes into our household or business, we also do this with our business because it's got to be something that lasts a lifetime. We give a portion of our money. We give a portion to somewhere we felt uplifted by or believe that we can make a difference with. And it tends to be about 10% that we give away. Sometimes it's actually more now. We tend to give away gifts as well and things like that. But 10% is our minimum that we like to do. The next thing is we tend to invest at least 10%. Sometimes it's even 20% depending on the month. Depends again what our goals are. We've got very particular goals. Mm -hmm. And then we have factored in the goals that are important to us as well. So we'll save for some of it. We're paying off our mortgage. We're debt free outside of that. And then the rest of the money is then meant to be spent and enjoyed and lived. Okay, there's fun money. You're meant to enjoy the money you have. It's for the here and now as well as in the future. So with the boys, I've been very conscious to say, I want you to have something that means 
regardless of how much money you get access to in your lifetime and equally what effect I have over your money that you will see us, your mum and dad, doing that with money. You'll see us giving it away. You'll hear us talking and using money in a way that we're in control of it. And you'll also, you won't hear us talk about lack with money because we're having fun with it. We're going to the pictures. We're going, you know, to the swimming pool and fun things like that. I think before that, children have ultimately got to have money to be able to distribute. Absolutely, yeah. And we've had different frameworks of how the kids get money. So sometimes they're getting it from Tooth Fairy. Um, Nathan definitely wanted to earn some through chores. But actually, for a period of time, and I, I think it's still one of the stronger ways of giving the kids money, is not by making it in return for work or effort. Because kids are going to have that when they grow up anyway. They're going to have to exchange effort and time and work for cash. But by shifting that narrative and by saying, you know what, actually, I'm going to reward self-development. You know, time when you're going to sit there doing some art or you're going to do some reading or some learning or whatever, you know, read two books this week. It depends on the size of the books, depends Mm. on what activities there are. But ultimately... You do these things which benefit you as an individual and hopefully things that you might enjoy as well, then those get rewarded. Those things that hopefully are enriching for your children that move them forward to where they want to be, hobbies that maybe you want to inspire them to do a bit more, whatever it happens to be. But actually, rather than earning the money, instead they're rewarded for things that are good for them moving forward. Yes, yep. I think is a better structure mm. as far as the money coming into them. Um, obviously, you know, the whole chore thing, I think if you want or need help around the house or kids are just being lazy, then I think maybe you might want to introduce some chore things. I mean, it's, it's a personal preference. But I think if you're sitting there saying, well, I don't want to give my child money for just sitting around playing an iPad or a computer game, mm-hmm. you can absolutely put value in education rather than household tasks and it still means that they are doing something where you can look and say well that's a good use of your time yeah so I think you've got to start with how they're earning it and make sure that you're happy with that and that again it's something that you would want them to be inspired by and have a good relationship with things I think that can get a a bonus of Mm. a different behavior type from people which which might be quite valuable Oh, I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on a very practical level, let me give you some money things that we do. So we only have one savings account for the boys and it's an investment ISA. It's a junior investment ISA. And we went with that choice because it allows in the UK an ISA is a special savings account that's tax effective. So with junior ISAs, those are locked away to the child is 18. You can make deposits into it. But because it's an investment ISA, you can actually invest in stock market funds, shares, options like that so they're allowed currently up to nine thousand pounds per child saved in that way tax-free when the child's 18 they then get access to that money they can make it a normal ISA or they can withdraw it now we went with that option because it allows us to put a little bit away every single month for the boys the boys can see it but again it's going to be locked away till they're 18 for that time to really grow and to give you some examples as well so you're actually able to open pensions in the UK from birth so if you put aside just 30 pounds a month for your child at birth 
by the age they're 65, they would be a millionaire if you never added to it once they were 18 and above. So from birth to 18, you just put £30 a month away, they would then be a millionaire when they retire. So that's the power of compound interest in retiring. Obviously, it depends on your growth. And I was just using a 7% year-on-year average, put in some more for inflation. Because remember, a million pounds right now won't be the same value in the future. But you can see very quickly, the longer you leave it, the smaller you need. And so for an investment ISA, it was a perfect way that we can start that process. You could have pensions, but I didn't want the money locked away till they were 65. So that's a very practical thing. You can also do junior cash ISAs which are a similar thing but they're not investing in the stock market so I would say if you are thinking about something practical pick one of those three that you could do for your child now I'm gonna approach something on these investment ISAs which I think you need to consider apart apart as part of the entire journey of your children and their financial education these junior ISAs come out of your control and straight into the child's control at 18 You have no say in what they do with it, whether they convert it to a different ISA, take it all out, whether they decide to um, withdraw the money and go on a trip to Ibiza and blow it all on whatever they want to. (laughs) So this is where the whole relationship with money, rather than squirreling away and saving and saying, there you go, I've set you up for a car, a house deposit Mm. or anything else. This is where you need to be more hands-on mm, with yeah. the discussion, with showing how you manage your money and things. Because otherwise, if you do what you think is the right thing, which is saving for your kid's future, you've basically got an 18-year-old idiot with a lot of money on their hands. <laughs> exactly. And you don't want that. And that's no. why it's actually more about the relationship you're building mm. than the amount. I'd rather that you put nothing away for your kids, that you put no money in accounts, but they learn about having a healthy relationship with money and that they're not looking to get their first credit card at 18. Yes, yeah. And that they're not looking to put this on finance and that on finance yeah. and, you know, going to the clothes shop and doing the three-month things and all oh, these no, Clark, weird things that, that are going yeah. on. <laughs> I would much rather that they come out at 18 and they're in a position where they know how to treat money. They know that when they earn money that they put certain things away and they're just intelligent with it than having a lump sum. Like having a lump sum and giving that to an idiot is not going to serve them or you or anyone else well at all. Now, obviously, if you can put away and you can give them the education so they know that they can be smart with it when the time comes, then even better. But that's that that was always my thought process. Like before we were smart with money, mm. thinking about giving 18-year-old me <laughs> um, a couple of grand even, let I alone know, right? even more would just be ridiculously stupid. (laughs) Whereas if you can provide that education, that mindset and that relationship with money, Mm. and especially if the children have had the choice as to where it goes and have been almost contributing themselves, I think you gain that relationship with money, which means you don't have that suddenly 18-year bombshell (laughs) where it's like, geez, what are they going to do? No, exactly. No, that's a great point. And I think touching upon that, it's interesting. You and I both grew up up with different mindsets around money. So you're very keen that they didn't, money was tighter for your family growing up and money was definitely something that was talked about there wasn't enough you couldn't get certain things yes and so that for you drove maybe habits of when you could get credit when you could get access to things you built it's like, up oh look, money wait yeah. i can get stuff i know exactly without thinking the consequence i on the other hand grew up with mum and dad not having credit cards everything was bought in cash and so i then still have that mindset that 
everything should be paid with cash and it's worked out in my favour. So I love the fact that actually the, the boys seem to also be having that mindset of what do you have? We're saving, we're investing, we're giving. They seem quite eclectic already and that's my kind of hope. I can't control what they're going to do when they're 18 with the money. But um, that would certainly be my hope anyway. But to finish today's episode, I wanted to give you some very practical advice. So we talked about investment ISAs there. These would be my five top things. Top tips. Top tips to focus on when we're teaching our children about money and prosperity. Because prosperity is a very personal kind of contentment with what you have remember it's all about your health your well-being your money your mindset everything it's the full picture money is only one part of this and we tend to focus on making sure our kids have the most money or the best chance with money if you don't equip them for the rest of the stuff it doesn't matter how much money they have you're only going to fix their money problems so the best advice I would say is first of all think about if you're listening to this and you have kids what about sorting your best financial situation for you and your family right now. Never mind about your kids having a million pounds in the future. Never mind about investment ISAs. What can you do today that would be a plan that would put your own safety, your oxygen mask on first? You know, like on a plane, the plane's going down. They say, don't put it on your kid first. Sort yourself out and then do your kid. I want to say that and challenge you off the back of this. If you've got debt, I want you to figure out how much debt you have, how long it's going to take it back, work out a very effective plan to pay it back and also start to look at the negative mindsets you might have gathered around money and how you're going to fix them because this is going to be what you can do to yourself to fix some of the, you know, the habits and beliefs around maybe negative connotations and anything you're you're ashamed of or guilty of in the past, you're then not going to pass that on. So let's make this very much, what can we do for us? We're going to improve life for us right now and our kids. Yeah, absolutely. That's really on to the first point that I mentioned, which is children emulate what they see around them. And ultimately, if your relationship and your behaviors with money aren't what you'd want them to have as they're older, then you need to address that yourself. You need to be living in a way with your money that you would like them to. And if you can do that, then even if you do nothing else, you'll find that their financial education and their financial security is a lot better than actively trying to teach them this or that or put money away from or anything just by being a good example and making sure that you're kind of open with discussion about your own money affairs and things like that just by making money not a taboo and something that you look after and you manage and you can do different things with it that is much bigger than anything else you can achieve absolutely just the example is massive the second thing I would say, we talked about it, what we did with for our boys and our children, and I would probably recommend or certainly ponder it further, is set up a dedicated bank account or a junior ISA or a junior investment ISA or a pension. Pick something that is a place where they can have their money separate and be actively saving for themselves. Because it really was one of the life lessons our oldest will remember is the power of compound interest like he he really got this concept and embraced it and so that little amount of money it could just be you know grandparents giving a little bit of birthday money you put away for them but engage them with it show them what how it's doing every single month or every couple of months set up something so that it's not just you managing their money but they have that safe area that they know is their money for their future 
I think by children knowing what's there and seeing it grow over the course of time, either through the additions you make or through compound interest, it means you don't get this holy poop moment at 18 (laughs) when suddenly you're presented with money that you never knew you had. By knowing it's there, by knowing how it's been built up over the course of time, by making your own choices as a child and seeing that those have added to it, I think it gets you a, a relationship with it where it's not this surprise thing that has just turned up out of the blue and therefore who cares what you do with it. I think you will have a relationship and a respect for that amount that's there, which means you're more likely to make better choices with it once it becomes yours. If ultimately you've seen that your parents have shown you adding money to it, shown that you've received some money for a birthday or Christmas and then you've given across the cash and then your parents have put that in for you on the computer there and then and over the course of years you've seen it grow and move upwards you've seen so much of that journey and process and you've also seen um, someone's emotional response to it not being oh wow look at what it is or anything but it's almost kind of normal and okay to have and it's not surprising and it's not this thing that you must hold on to but it's also not this thing that's kind of sacred and secret you're actually building up that relationship over the course of time which means when the day comes to transition over you might find that in all likelihood they'll just continue the same process as you of thinking well now I'm the person that puts money into it I'm the person that watches it grow and nurtures this and then when I have a use for it then I'll take some or all of it out. But actually, I do the same behaviors as what I've seen over the course of time. Absolutely. Leads me on to the third thing. I would say structure your money. So you as an adult, we talked about getting yourself right. Give them a no-brainer system as well. So if it is, you know, you say, right, we're going to divide up our money. You get to keep the majority, but I want you to put up 10% make it something easy they could do in their head like 10% you're going to put in your savings account 10% you're going to give to something or you know to someone that you'd like to pass it on and then the rest you can make it something so simple that you know your children can understand and I've actually found that with them you know our boys they like seeing that money has different usage so this is something I think as an adult I wanted to emphasize was it's not about hoarding money you don't just keep money for the sake of it you keep money for a purpose you use it for something better and that leads me then on to my next thing once you've got a structure talk about goals and things that are important to them and not that money is the only way to achieve those goals but show that money is actually a method that we can combine and work towards so I like to actually have in my journal I write down our goals that I think we're working on Mm -hmm. you know I'm thinking about them do this with your kids as well ask them to pick something they'd like to save up for or an amount they'd like to save up or you know would they like to go and buy some dog and cat food to give to you know to the rescue place give them something practical that is a goal for them and then show them not only their their time and things like that but money can then be working towards that goal as well and I think the final thing is to let them do some of the regular spending of money in your house let them be involved in what it costs to do a weekly shop or to buy a present for someone's birthday or something like that actually get them familiar with the process of paying for things that aren't just out of their little portion of the world and their little bit of pocket money they have or a lot of pocket money depending on what it is but actually they understand the cost of things they understand what it involves to buy their school uniform 
or how much it costs for a new pair of shoes and think, let, let them see the price tags let them see the value of things let them really be fully aware of what money is but not in a way that it's like oh look how expensive this is look how much it all costs and you know I have to work three days for you to get this pair of trainers or whatever it's not about that it's more just making money and spending money and having money and the cost of things not a taboo not something where we're just completely unaware and then suddenly as we get older and we've got to earn our own money and spend our own money that all of this hits us like a bus and we've got no idea Mm. actually bringing money closer to your mindset and it just being part of the world but you're aware of it I think makes a difference and making it bigger than just what the kids are used to so when I was little all I really cared about was like what the value of a pound was how many sweets that might be able to buy whether I could buy a Cornetto or not you know Cornettos I think way back when was something like 90p or whatever so if I had a pound I could buy a Cornetto and some penny sweets or something but my range of knowledge of what things cost was within like a pound or so and I think it's important for children to understand what bigger things cost and it doesn't mean they need to grab the full concept I think as they get bigger they'll understand more but having them see more than just their little window Mm. I think has a lot of value for them as far as their knowledge as they grow older absolutely well this has been such a good episode and as I say Matt and I are not parenting money experts or never label ourselves as that we're completely learning and making it up as we go along these are just some of the things that I've found have been really useful like this is um, Nathan and Sam are my only children and so you know anything I'm putting into practice and I'm seeing a nice ripple effect in their lives or a nice understanding about things that's just what what we hope to kind of share today the key things for me I would say is like anything including their health their well-being what they're doing with their deeds make their relationship with money as healthy as you can make it and that means making your relationship as healthy as it can be so if anything if you don't have children and you've listened to this entire episode I'm going to ask you to do that take today to look at your finances see that everything is totally in favor with what you would want your goals and what you want your money to be doing if not it's time to cut away some of the you know declutter some stuff so it's more streamlined in future get rid of that debt get rid of the car payments set yourself a goal and just do something great off the back of this i'm also gonna set you another challenge if you do have children or if you don't and it's in line with this but ultimately look at your life look at some of your habits as far as whether it's health whether it's wealth whether it's employment whatever it happens to be and say to yourself would i want this for my children And if the answer in any area is no, I wouldn't want this for my children, then don't have it for yourself. Start to make a change. Live the life that you want your children to have Mm. because there's nothing stronger than showing people the life that they can have and then others seeing that and then them looking to emulate that, seeing it as the normal ultimately. So whatever it is, if you're a smoker and you don't want your children to smoke, then the only way to really assist in that is to not smoke. If you want your children to be fit and healthy and a a decent body weight, then if yours isn't in that realms, then you've got to make a change so they can see that it's not normal to be a particular way if that's not what you see them being for themselves. So it works with finances, but it works across the board. So... Get one area sorted and then challenge yourself across the board. 
Wonderful. So I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. I really love when we get emails asking great questions and conversation starters. That's our, our hope with this podcast. So if you do feel you'd like to ask us something and hear our view or something a bit tricky, if you email prosperityproject at mamafurfer.com, then you never know, your question could well be another great episode. So thank you so much to the listener who listened and thought that would be a great conversation for us to cover. It truly was and I hope it's helped you as well. So if you have enjoyed today's episode well you're in for a treat there is multiple other ones that you could listen to. there's over 50 now there's over 50 well, as this is 56 know, then 55. there's another 55 <laughs> exactly that Maths. is that's a whole month and more of listens every single day so yeah why not hit subscribe it means you get notified when we release a new one it's usually every tuesday that we do that so once a week and um, sometimes a bit more depending on how inspired we're feeling so check out the rest of the catalog and if you have enjoyed it why not leave us a wee review as well five star apparently are the best you can get i think so yeah do that (laughs) so thank you so much for listening today we'll speak to you very soon